Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is the only weekly podcast on the FCPA compliance ethics. In it, I bring you some of the top commentators and thought leaders in compliance and ethics. We have a robust conversation on a topic which will interest you. The FCPA Compliance Report is produced by the Compliance Podcast Network and is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Today I have with me Justin Moscolino. Justin is with GRC Solutions and he's the head of North America Compliance Training Operations for the company. We take a look at training, culture, and how compliance training can improve culture through the use of technology and benchmark training, which is not only targeted, but provides for tests and measurements to determine training effectiveness. The fascinating exploration of a question that has bedeviled many compliance practitioners going forward. I know you will enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I have with me Justin, Justin Muscolino. He is the head of North American Training for GRC Solutions. So, Justin, first of all, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Oh, my pleasure, Tom. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Justin, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey to uh, compliance and GRC solutions. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't start in in training. I actually started my career trying to find my way in corporate environment. You know, I worked a multitude of positions, and then eventually I found my love in training. I couldn't believe it. I, I felt like kind of like an athlete. I get paid to do something I really enjoy. So, you know, over my career in corporate, I worked for mostly um, larger institutions, financial institutions, and I ran tr- compliance training functions at a uh, domestic and global level. And I also got the opportunity to work for a regulator at a period of time where I used to teach examiners how to do their jobs. So the, the great, the, the uh, just continue on. Yep. So with that, with, ah, so with that, uh, I'll start again. So with the experience in corporate and also working for a, a regulator, it really brought me to my current position, you know, as, as you mentioned, Tom, heading North American Compliance Training. And I'm able to leverage that experience and knowledge into what I do today. So essentially, you know, we are a full service compliance training firm and we have experience dealing with all the regulators in North America, uh, really because of our corporate experience and also our regulatory experience. Now, the beauty of it is that due to our experience in financial services, you know, our, oh God, all right. we can handle any subject matter relevant to banks, broker dealers, insurance companies, and mortgage companies. You know, when we work with clients or we call them partners, what we do is we, we perform a real solid amount of due diligence to get to know them really well. And after we do that, we provide recommendations or options for them to choose from. You know, with our recommendations, and they get to pick from a handful of options, which, you know, could be in the form of e-learning, classroom training, or even a customized program, if that makes sense for their situation. You know, lastly, compliance training doesn't have to be boring. You know, I try to make it as interesting as possible. Now, the training that we do, yes, we teach about the rules and regs and all that fun stuff, but we also incorporate soft skills into our training. And that's what makes it interesting and engaging with our audience. Now, something we also do, and we are you know, quite efficient with this, is learning about our target, target audience. 
we want to make sure that we know them extremely well, their roles, their responsibilities, you know, what generation they're a part of, so we could put together a personality profile, so to speak, and create a method of conveying the information that, that, incre- that has a high degree of retention among staff. And if you think about it, theoretically, higher the retention, less risk in the workplace. The Department of Justice in April of 2019 released the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Program's 2019 guidance. And one of the key changes from the prior guidance, which had been released in February 2017, was the emphasis on culture. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit what your view as to why organizations struggle so much with culture and more importantly, how compliance training can really advance the ball uh, on culture and now in a way that the Department of Justice uh, can evaluate? You know, it's a really interesting question, Tom. You know, I think there are many reasons, but a few that I could pinpoint based on my experience in corporate, you know, some organizations are just unaware or don't realize it's an issue. Um, or they, if, they, if it is an issue and they, they are aware of it, they don't want to handle it until something negative occurs and they're essentially reactive instead of being proactive and getting in front of it. Or I've been in situations where, you know, they don't feel like it's a priority right now. So why spend the extra time, the resources to fix it? Or, you know, it could be another situation where they know it's a problem and they don't know how to handle it. I was at an organization a couple of years back. Well, there was a problem with the compliance culture. Everybody was aware of it. So we essentially hired an external vendor to take care of the situation. You know, vendors are great to bring in, but if they don't understand the operation, they don't understand the staff, the culture, it's hard to prescribe the right medicine for a cure. So what are some of the things you have seen companies get wrong when it comes to training? You know, it's the common things. Tick the box. I've heard that throughout my career. And when people think of compliance training, they do think of tick the box. You know, satisfy the rule or regulation, get out of the way, and move on to something we could do as more productive. See, I don't take that approach. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, tick the box. I mean, I think compliance training could be a great thing for an organization because, you know, if you want to reduce the amount of risk in the workplace and you don't want to waste people's time, put together a program that makes sense. You know, it's great to tick the box and get rid of that requirement, but what are you doing about your staff? Like, are you educating your staff so they can perform better in their day-to-day responsibilities? Are they aware of the regulatory occurrence? The, um, are they aware of the regulatory actions that could occur if something goes wrong? And the other thing is, I think organizations worry too much what regulators think and only want to make them happy. I'm not saying that you don't want to make the regulators happy. Of course you do. But if you identify the risks in your organization and you create an effective training program that helps address those risks, then the regulators are going to be happy. That's what they're looking for. You know, I worked for a regulator for a period of time. And what regulators want to know are, how are you addressing the risks and what risks are you addressing? Justin, you uh, all but used the word targeted training there, and I wanted to focus on that for a minute because that's another key phrase from the 2019 guidance that the regulators are looking for now, targeted training. But I also wanted to get your thoughts on 
why is it important from a business perspective that a company have targeted training as opposed to uh, uh, as bad as tick the box, but really non-targeted training? Well, yeah, we'll get the tick the box out of the equation. You know, if you're not providing staff in the organization the right training for their roles and responsibilities, what are you really doing? You have to understand your target audience. You have to understand how they think, what stresses they face, and how to convey the information that makes sense. If you if you do generic training for the whole organization, you're really not satisfying any concerns, and you're really not doing your staff any justice. All you're doing is really papering over the risks in your organization and satisfy a requirement, hence tick the box. And what I mentioned earlier about retention, that's something that we really focus on. You know, we want to get to know the target audience extremely well so we can find the right cure for whatever's ailing them. You know, whether it's e-learning, classroom training, whatever that might be, you know, we want to get that retention rate as high as possible. And the other thing is we don't want to waste people's times. You take them away from their desk for an hour. It better be productive because if not, you're going to have credibility issues with your program. And once credibility issues you know, get into the equation, people's minds are cut off from learning. They're not going to listen to what you say. And to build up credibility for such a function like compliance training is hard to get up there. And once you do, you got to strive to keep pushing it higher. Just an, another key concept from the 2019 guidance, in addition to targeted training, was, is your training effective? And I would say that's probably the question I get the most from compliance practitioners uh, when I talk to them about training is they struggle with a way to measure effectiveness, to test effectiveness, to not only uh, make those judgments about whether something's effective, but then to be able to show a regulator if one ever came knocking. What would uh, what are some of your thoughts around the effectiveness of compliance training? You know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why you should me- measure the effectiveness of almost everything you do. You want to find out the return on your be- return on your investment, how you could do better down the line. You know, whatever you put forth, whatever solution you think of, is not going to be perfect. But you have to look at that solution and see what you could tinker with to make to do better in the future. So when I look at measuring the effectiveness of what I do within training, you know, I look at every little aspect. You know, are people understanding it? Are they applying it? Are they creating less issues in the workplace? So what essentially I do is I look at a couple different items. One, behavior. You know, look at behavior. Are they doing anything different? Again, are they applying what they have learned? And are you seeing changes in the workplace? Two, it's learning. You know, you can measure the effectiveness by assessments or tests, which are more prevalent on e-learning, but you get a really good gauge how the students or the staff understand the material. You know, and the last one, which is not, I don't use too much, but it's really the reaction. You know, those happy smiley sheets for staff to fill out before they leave the room. And, you know, that's more for my benefit to see if the materials are on target. Do they like the instructor, the way they present it? Not so much on what they learn. We're going to find that out in different ways. But if I have to redo the materials or convey them a different way, I want to find out more about that so I can make the improvements down the line, not just for myself, but for the organization. And also explain to regulators when they come in, this is the process that we went about. This is how we're making improvements. We have a very structured approach. 
and it's working. And here are the results. Justin, you have a wealth of resources on your website, and we're going to link to the web, company's website in the show notes. But one of the blog posts that intrigued me looked at training compliance professionals to improve their culture. And I was wondering if you, uh, first of all, you call that training the trainer, and if not, uh, no matter what you call it, how do you really think through uh, that issue? So, you know, what's really interesting, Tom, is that, you know, there, there are direct links from compliance to the business, and those are compliance officers. Compliance officers work directly with the different businesses of a, of a financial organization, and they typically have really solid relationships with those businesses. Also, there is an element of trust there since they are advising and helping in a regulatory capacity. So if you think about it, who can help spread the, spread the message for an improved compliance culture besides management, the CCO, and it was myself at times, the training lead? That would be compliance officers. So years ago, I did a needs analysis based on observations, conversations with people throughout the organization to see if I could put together a program that could enhance their capabilities and could help the organization shift the compliance culture. You know, and that's when I came up with a compliance officer training program. And essentially what it is, is to provide compliance officers with the necessary skill sets to be effective in any type of situation. And, you know, some of the things that we talk about, which is mostly soft skill in nature, is understanding your target audience. You know, who are you talking to? Is it someone senior or junior? How do you direct your questions or your attention? Two is, how do adults learn? You know, if you're talking to them about a rule or reg, how are they going to take it in? You should understand how adults learn. The other one is, you know, being the center of attention. You know, being effective in any type of circumstance, whether it be a presentation, a meeting, you know, how to deal with real life situations and, you know, how to deal with difficult situations. And the last two is, you know, running effective meetings. I don't know about you, but I've been in meetings where a lot of questions don't go answered and you're asked to come back. And that's one of the most frustrating things in the world. So what, what I essentially teach is a nice structure where you can take care of all of your action items, all your questions in a, in a single setting and have that mental structure together, even if they're planned or ad hoc. And lastly, the, and the big thing is, you know, creating appropriate materials. You know, if you're the speaker or you're presenting information, you want to be the center of attention. You want everyone's eyes on you. So you want to create materials that are effective, but don't take away from your color commentary. And, you know, with those soft skill elements or courses that we put together, you know, that made up the compliance training program that I've been running for institutions for years now. Justin, we're near the end of our time, but there's one thing that has really intrigued me about uh, some of your remarks in this interview and the way, or rather the how the Department of Justice has re-emphasized the nature of culture in the 2019 guidance released back in April. And I, I just wanted to ask you this, maybe a kind of a closing question. Do you have any general advice for companies trying to get uh, the right culture for their organizations? Yeah, call me. Um, no, but seriously, um, I'm always available for any advice, recommendations, or suggestions. But what you really need to do is you need to do a needs analysis, determine if there are any issues. And if there are, figure out a remediation plan to take care of those issues. Regardless of what it is, you know, have a pinpoint plan 
over a course of a period of time to transition from its current state to where you want it to be in the future. You know, nothing's perfect. You have to continually improve everything, every walk of life as you go forward. But you really need to look at your organization as a whole and see where you want to be and how do you get there. Justin, if uh, any of our listeners wanted to follow up with you directly or find out more uh, about GRC Solutions, uh, how would they do so? Well, they could either email me um, at justin.muscolino at grcsolutions.co, or they can also visit our website. It's uh, grcsolutions.co. Justin, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me. I think uh, this is something that uh, I hope we can uh, continue to continue the conversation on going forward. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate the time today. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Justin at justinmoscolino at grcsolutions.co. I hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of C-Suite Radio and is produced by the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.